let me thank God for the beauty of this day and to have a day we have never experienced before. And I'm going to be a little mischievous. I'm in Washington, D.C. right now. And if you know anything about what's going on in D.C. right now, today, I'm grateful I was able to make it out of D.C. safe and alive. <laughs> they got a little protest going on in D.C. today, a little one. <laughs> but they're doing everything they can to get ready so it'll be peace in Lafayette Park right across from the White House. So I, I'm like, thankfully, I made all the right turns to stay out of downtown and come on over here to this end of Fairfax County. Something to be grateful for. Something to be grateful for. So, and thanks to Pastor Murphy for this opportunity to share and worship with you. And I look forward to us just praising God and giving God thanks for this day. And thank you, Deacon, for your introduction and to the other deacons that we had prayer with before service and the music team. Boy, y'all are just out of this world. Thank you. And I've been in connection with Great Little Zion through the years since the 90s, so I've been in and out. But I want you to know, them ushers look real good back there with their, with their uniform and stuff. Yeah. And so I just want to say thank you for this day. Our scripture reading is taken from the book of Ephesians, and it's Ephesians 4.25. And being read from the... New Revised Standard Version, Ephesians 4.25, and it ends on chapter 5, verse 2. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says, starting with 4.25, So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of God for the people of God. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, God, for your loving grace, and thank you for scripture. Thank you for speaking to us through your holy word. 
may our souls connect to you and may our spirits be lifted up in your presence. May your word become so real to us that we hear your voice. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul writes this letter to the church in Ephesus because they stood in need of how do they pull themselves together to be the body and the church of God in Ephesus. And keep in mind that in this particular phrase and time frame, there's a struggle taking place. Do I act as my friends act and as the Ephesians act, or do I act as God wants me to act? And so that challenge is there. So Paul talks about a couple human qualities that exist. And I will give you this in the very beginning. If you have one bad habit, how will you change it? One, I know all of us are perfect. I know all of us don't have any bad habits. We don't get on anybody else's nerves and everything else go along with it. But if you do realize your own humanity and you have one bad habit, are you willing to change it? So here comes Paul saying to the church in Ephesus, it's time to make some changes. And if you need a sermon topic, I'm going to just give to you a word, imitation. Just plain imitation. So Paul says, I want you to therefore put away your falsehood. Stop living in your fantasies and stop living in your delusions, your hallucinations. Stop living in the falseness of your lives and begin to live in reality. To be a follower of Christ is not a fantasy experience. It's a real thing. It's a real thing to be a follower of Christ. And it means you have to step outside of yourself, get deep into who God is, and begin to take on some of God's ways. And when you start taking on some of God's ways, your ways begin to subside and go off to the side. So now here comes the challenge. Paul says, if you got anger, get rid of it. Don't let it define who you are. Get rid of the anger. Don't let the sun go down with you being in anger. Because if you know anything about anger, the only one who gets with anger is yourself. And God is about building up. God is about taking and God is about taking who you are and using you for the building up of the kingdom. Anger in a church has no purpose whatsoever. If God ever got angry with us, where would we be right now? And so Paul begins to look at it and says, don't let the devil have any, any part of what you're going through. Don't even give the devil a foothold into the door sill of your life. If the anger is there and you have it against someone else, get rid of it, ask for their forgiveness, and be about building up the kingdom. And then the other piece about, about that that Paul is talking about is that you are being looked at by somebody else, and somebody else will try to imitate you if you are a child of God. Can you imagine or have you ever experienced an angry follower of Christ? Have you ever seen an angry Christian 
Have you ever experienced an angry God? Have you ever experienced God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit putting anger into action in your own life and existence? I don't think the scripture deals with that. And so the challenge is there. How shall I take my life? How shall I use it? Because whether we realize or not, somebody is looking at you. And I've been in, this, in the ministry long enough to know that somebody will say in a moment, well, if you call yourself a Christian and you act like that, I don't want no part of it whatsoever. It's an awesome responsibility to be a child of God. It's an awesome responsibility to be a follower of God and a follower of Jesus Christ. It's an awesome responsibility. And sometimes you just have to realize that God comes first and you come second. So Paul goes on further and talks about thieves, you know, because um, thieves want to take the easy way. And I think some of that makes us terribly upset. I don't work every day. I don't work two or three jobs. I don't got all these possessions. I got this going, that going. And you want to break into my home and take what I've worked with all the time. But then the other part comes in that if you have what you have and you look at it as a gift from God, if a thief takes it, God will supply more. Then Paul gives a little insight into what the passage says. Because if you labor, labor and work, then you have what is known as resources for your needs and you have your resources for your surplus. A couple of weeks, about two weeks ago, one of the members of my home church had, had a garden for this year. And she came up with an overabundance of produce. She put it on the website for the church and she put it in text and sent out and said, y'all come on. I got a whole lot of extra that I can share with somebody else. Isn't that what grace is all about? Isn't that what God's love is all about? It's enough for you and it's enough for somebody else that the benefits are terribly overwhelming and positive. So Paul says, thief, get to work. And if you do your work based upon the skill sets and the love of God, you'll have an abundance that you can share with others. And then Paul goes on and talks about talking. And you know churches are filled with people who love to talk. Some have good thoughts and some have good words and some have some really bad words that they can say for and against the issue or someone else. So Paul says, don't talk. If you, basically, as our parents used to say, if you don't have something good to say about somebody, keep your mouth shut. That's right. That's right. Remember them days? So Paul says, do not, says, let no evil talk come from your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, which goes back to how some of us were raised. If you got something good, say it, compliment it, use it. Build up the person. Don't use your words to tear somebody down. The world is already tearing us down. Why should we have it coming from the church? Why should God's followers 
be tearing somebody else down. And then Paul goes on further and says, build up the church so that your words may give grace to those who hear. I am so glad that I've lived long enough that all of us just need a good word every so often. And if I can't get in church, where can I get a good word from? I'm on the job. They already write negative evaluations. I'm at home and there's emotional abuse and verbal abuse and all that goes along with it. I'm in school and, and grades are low and all that goes along with it. Every time I turn around for some people in our lives and in our living, something is being torn down. And then when I get to church, oh, they can't wait to talk about somebody in church. So the question comes up, if I can't get a good word in church, where can I go? And God is saying, if you got this habit of talking negative in church, the church, build up the individuals and to support each other so that all may experience the benefits of God's love. And because the Holy Spirit marked you one day, the Holy Spirit baptized you one day. The Holy Spirit was the source of your life and living. Don't grieve it because whether you realize it or not, when you think you by yourself, that's when God is doing the best that God can do. Amen. So when you think you don't have spirit today, just look around. You got a whole lot more because as our ancestors used to say, boy, God woke me up this morning started me on my way, made sure that my bed was not my cooling board, made sure that my sheet was not my winding cloth, made sure it was not my last night, but started me on this way. And all I can do is just thank him for being able to put one foot in front of the other, got the activity of my limbs, and I got a God who has blessed me more than I deserve and more than I am worth. God keeps on giving us something to imitate. And if God can, can give us a model, then it's on us to imitate what God would have us to do. So Paul says, put away your bitterness. Paul says, put away your wrath. Put away your anger. Put away your wrangling. Put away your slander. Put away your malice. Put away your bad ways, your bad habits, and make some changes as the Holy Spirit is in your life. For if God is truly with you, you would want to share it with somebody else. And so Paul says, and be kind to one another. When is the last time you saw somebody being kind? in your home, in the church, at work. And we're not even gonna talk about the water fountain experiences at work. When is the last time you've seen somebody truly be kind as God is saying to the church of Ephesus? Of Ephesus? Then, says, then the scripture says, be tenderhearted, be forgiving, as God in Christ has forgiven you. One of the things that I have found in, in pastoring churches is that people are quick to convict and indict and judge, but slow to forgive. Oh, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. And the moment the truth comes up and the person didn't do it, then, Ask the question, 
who's going to offer forgiveness? Well, I ain't going to do it because I didn't accuse him of nothing. You was the first one that accused. How and when? And Paul says in this particular imitation of life and living your new life in Christ, forgiveness is a part of the Christian journey. Forgiveness is a part of the Christian journey. For example, if God did not have forgiveness in God's spirit and in God's heart, Jesus wouldn't be up on the cross. Jesus went up on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to put us at one with God, to give us a sense of atonement, to let us know that there is nothing in earth that God can't forgive. And therefore, as God has forgiven you, you ought to forgive somebody else. Why are you holding on to stuff that is tearing you up and tearing you down? And then you have held on it long enough that you can't even remember what you have against the other person. Why are you doing it when God is about building up? God is about pulling out of you the goodness and the greatness that you have. God is about reminding you how valuable you are by giving you the gift of Jesus Christ. God is about letting you know that you are so important and valuable in God's sight. I gave you the gift of Jesus Christ that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God's love is in the midst thereof. And then the other piece, as Paul ends this passage, he ends it by saying, be imitators of God. Some of you cook. If, if you remember in your cooking, you have real vanilla and you got imitation vanilla. The real vanilla tastes better than the imitation. But no matter how much you try to imitate, you can't imitate the real enough. You have a real Cadillac. And then you have a hoopty. Amen. You can't imitate that Cadillac up to a point. You can only put hangers and, and tape and everything on that hoopty up to a point. And you begin to realize, I got to make it and change it. And I've been wanting that Cadillac for 25 years. I'm in a position to get it, then get it. And so you find that the imitation is not as good as the real but the imitation will strive toward becoming the real because it's imitating one another. And we do it with clothes. We do it with a lot of things in terms of phrases. Like I have the opportunity of working in Fairfax County Schools and one of the students came up to me and said, hey dog, how you doing? And I'm like, well, hold up, I'm not one of your hoodies. I'm not one of your posse members. I'm not a friend of yours out in the street. And I said to him, I said, how you spell dog? I want to be sure, you know, how you spell it. And he said, uh, D-A-W-G. I said, okay, I can accept that. But if it was the D-O-G, you and I was going to have to deal with each other right, right there. You know, because again, things change, ideas change, and behaviors change, and it's all to the positive. He was saying to me, well, I'm sort of, you know, familiar with you, we're endeared to each other and the whole thing. But I had to sort of back up, because if I called him a dog, I had to sort of figure out, you know, which one I'm calling him as well. <laughs> Amen. With, with words in this day and time, you got to be sure you know what you're talking about. 
And before I imitate that student and take on some of his qualities, I need to know for sure who I am copying and who I am imitating. When it comes down to our faith and when it comes down to our relationship to God, there is only one real God to imitate. There's only one real Jesus. One real Jesus to imitate and there's only one Holy Spirit to imitate. And when I want to imitate the best and put into action my faith, there's only one, one entity that I should follow all, all as best I can. So Paul says, be an be a imitator. And I think some of you have raised children and you think they're not looking at you, but a child will pick up on you just as easy as you want to find. Do you remember the commercial? that uh, the child got to smoking, the child got to cussing, the child got to doing all this other stuff. And the parents said, well, where did you get that from? And the child responded, I got it from you. God is saying to us, imitate me and get it from me so that you have the real thing in your life and in your existence. Imitate me. Imitate Jesus. That's what you were baptized for. Imitate Jesus. That's why you have Holy Communion. Imitate Jesus. That's why you have songs. Imitate Jesus so that you, that's why you have the scripture. Imitate Jesus. That's why we have each other to hold each other accountable. Imitate Jesus so that your soul will be lifted up in the process. Imitate Jesus so that you will be the child that others will say, I want to be like him, I want to be like her. She's walking with the Lord, I want to walk with the Lord. She's talking to the Lord, I want to talk to the Lord. She is calling upon God's name in the midst of existence. I want to be the one to call upon God's name. I want to imitate the real one, even to the point of suffering. And sometimes you got to imitate Jesus by taking up your cross, using your cross, carrying your cross, and imitate Jesus because Jesus is the role model and Jesus is the example. And Paul ends by saying, live in love. As God loved us and gave himself up for us, God gave up an offering. And oftentimes in a church, you're called upon to sacrifice. And if you have to sacrifice for God, the rewards are so great. The benefits are so great. And as our ancestors would say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to walk for Jesus. I'm going to talk for Jesus. Everything I can. And if you must model me, Model me for my relationship to Jesus. Do you remember how many times your parents got on their knees to pray? Do you remember who prayed for you to get you to this day? Do you remember how many times a person in your life that is key and significant said, hold on to God's unchanging hand. God will bring you through one more time. 
Do you remember, and I'll use my own self as an example, when I was young, I used to sit in a pew and look at some of the things that take place in church. And you could sort of gauge yourself, one, two, three, they gonna shout. Amen? One, two, three, they gonna sing out of tune, musician. One, two, three, the usher's gonna trip up carrying the offering. One, two, three. Remember you used, to, you used to look for those type of things and the whole thing? And you was a child sitting on the pew, writing your notes and doing everything go along with that. Well, guess what? One day you became the adult in the church. Now folks are looking at you. And you're the role model. And if you don't get up and show the best that God has given to you to show the best, then you will have a generation coming behind you that's lacking because you didn't show it. Every so often you need to take somebody under your shoulder and under your arm and say, here, let me show you what to do in church. Let me give you a little bit of, of wisdom and let me just give you a little bit of advice and everything. That one of these days you're gonna be the deacon sitting on the front pew. One of these days you're gonna be the musician. One of these days you're gonna be the preacher. One of these days you're gonna be it. So I wanna be in a position to be the best role model so that the traditions of the church will carry on into the future. You are now. As Jesus shaped you, you are helping to shape somebody else. As Jesus gave you the model of the Lord's Prayer to pray to say when you pray, then you are the one that's modeling the Lord's Prayer for the next generation and for the friend on the left and the friend on the right. As Jesus gave you a testimony to speak up in God's house, you are now the role model and the imitators of Jesus to begin to speak like Jesus does. You, my brothers and sisters, are the personification and the action of love, the state of being of holiness. You are the best testimony that God is still yet alive. God is still on the throne. God still sits high, looks low. God still walks with you. God still talks with you. And God is still in the blessing business. It is on us now to be the models that others will follow. As we follow Jesus, then others will follow us. This gift you have, this gift you have is a gift from God. Be an imitator. As God bless you, imitate God and bless somebody else. As God witness to you, imitate God and witness to somebody else. As God forgives you, witness to somebody else that God is indeed a forgiving God. And when the tears start coming in the midnight hour, look at Paul and Silas, how in the midnight hour their tears came. But then it becomes even real. Tears last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Be the imitator of Paul and Silas. Be the one that let it be known that this God is real, 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 deep in our souls. What habit do you need to change to be the real Christian and follower of Christ? God put it into Jesus Christ. Now you go and imitate the best 
designer original in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.